Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by triple board certified MD and performance and longevity expert, Dr. Kian Vu, or as everybody calls him, Dr. V. Today, Dr. V unpacks his powerful story of how even though he was a highly skilled medical doctor with a ton of understanding of human physiology, his health was rapidly declining. He suffered from hypertension, type 2 diabetes, and as he says it, the medical system's symptom-centric approach failed him. Dr. Vu details how he turned things around when he realized that how he lived his life, the behaviors he engaged in were the medicine his body needs. We also discuss epigenetics and some other fascinating topics. But before we dive in, I want to share with you some amazing data. We launched AIM7 in mid-February and over 200 people have joined the app since then. In just the first 30 days, the average member is experiencing a 23% increase in motivation a 20% increase in mood, a 17% improvement in sleep quality, 16% more energy, and a 10% reduction in stress. I mean, wow, there is not a supplement or a pill on the planet that I know of that can do that. If this excites you and you are ready to join this amazing community, then sign up now by clicking the link in the show notes. Everyone starts for free. There's no long-term commitment. So if you're interested, we'd love to have you. All right. Now for my conversation with Dr. Vu. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Dr. V, thank you so much for joining me today on The Blueprint. Thrilled to have you here today. Your story is fascinating. You're a medical doctor. Like you have all the knowledge in the world, right? Like from a medical training perspective. But things for you, for your health, were not trending in the right direction. Looking like like you're heading into type 2 diabetes, hypertension, which we can imagine with a job like that. And because you described in your book, I thought this was interesting, the medical system has this symptom-centric approach. You were kind of on a decline. So what did you do to get your health back on track? Well, great question. You know, here I am. I feel like I'm somebody, I was a boat refugee from Vietnam when I came over. Two years old, I remember wanting to do media and entertainment. There was, there was a part of me that wanted to, to have a voice and go out there and semi-perform and whatnot. I only mention that because it's going to lead to something a little bit later. We all have an inner voice and inner knowing and almost a compass. But I think throughout time, we might get different programming that tells us that your inner voice should not be heard. You should Mm. suppress it. And throughout my life, certainly my mom encouraged me as a immigrant Asian parent to go and be a doctor, an MD or a physician. Those were my only three choices. Um, (laughs) And, and even throughout schooling, my personality, my vibrationness, oh, that, that's a little too much. You can't do this for a career. You can't do that for a career. There's no Asians in media, uh, mm. things like that. And then over time, other people's idea of what a happy and successful life is something you get programmed with. Mm. And I, I bought into that. You know, certainly being an immigrant from a different country, I remember being bused to a more affluent area for school. And I was constantly being teased for the holes in my hand-me-down clothes, the stinky food my mom Mm. sent me to school with. You know, I got a lot of the, go back to your home country, chinky. Mm. And that was further kind of trauma that led to the programming because I myself did not feel enough. Not tall enough, not white enough, not American enough 
not rich enough, all these things. And for me, I felt like the only way to achieve success is by going and chasing after the things that will make me be enough. And so when I went into the medical field, that's what I did too. I strove for success. The best hospitals, the best residencies, and I'm not doing this to impress people, but UCSD for, for medical school, the National Institutes of Health, Howard Hughes Medical Institute, uh, UCLA, I became chief of interventional radiology at my hospital. And I chased after all these things that, that made me the top of this traditional medical role. Mm -hmm. But seven years ago, I was overweight, I was diabetic, I had high blood pressure, and I was on seven prescription medications. And what traditional medicine told me to do at the time was just continue to basically take these meds, that, that this was going to be the destiny, that you were going to start on a certain amount of meds now, and then over time, you would build more and more and more. And so there was a wake-up call. You know, I think all of us are probably given wake-up calls in our life, and that's and the wake-up call to what? The wake-up call to stop listening to that internal compass because we've got this internal innate compass and vibration and, and and desire to explore the world. I've got a two-year-old daughter and I just love the way she is and she enjoys and she, she's just being before all this conditioning takes mm -hmm. place. And I think that's what it is. If you don't live as that, at some point, the world, the universe is going to slap you with a cosmic two by four, having you wake <laughs> up. For me, it was disease. For other people, it might be a marriage that, that doesn't work. It might be um, their business going sour, but something's going to fail to work because you're living a life that's not aligned to you. Mm. And so what I did at that time was I left full-time uh, interventional radiology, left my position at chief of interventional radiology at the hospital. And I just started to focus on myself and how I grow. And one of the things I first started was just started to eat, sleep and move better. You would think that a physician would have these tools, but there's a culture that's indoctrinated in medical training that, you know, you're working 80 to 100 hour weeks, you're not sleeping regular hours, the food in the hospital isn't very good. So I just focused on those things. Mm. And when I first did that, I already started to notice a change in my body, it changed my hormone levels. And I started to have more energy. Then I did the deep personal work of doing an extra fellowship in anti-aging and regenerative medicine. I did studies on epigenetics. I studied with spiritual shamans, per personal growth experts like Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, Bruce Lipton, Dave Asprey, biohacking. I, I was a sponge of information. And what I realized after spending a lot of time with these people is the one thing that's most important, which is how we live our life is actually medicine. Mm. And I started to study the people who lived in the longest and performed the best, the people that lived in the blue zones. How do they live? Well, they all didn't stuff themselves with food. They slept well. They moved every single day. They had a strong sense of community and they all had a sense of purpose. And when I wrote my book, Thrive State, what I did was I looked at how these people were living and is there any molecular or scientific basis that their way of living leads to a longer life? Well, it turns out the molecular biology and epigenetic science is starting to prove that how we live our life, our thoughts, our emotions, how much sleep we get, our sense of purpose, all these things actually speak to our DNA in a moment-to-moment -moment basis that actually controls how our cells behave. 
I want to push pause big, for one second. Yeah, you hit something. Pause. Sorry, yeah, I, I just keep going. No, here. this is good. You're a wonderful storyteller. How we live our life is medicine. That is yeah. like a beautiful statement right there. Two things I want to double click on. So you have this bioenergetic elements. And some of these are like, okay, sleep, movement, right? Activity, sunlight. Yeah. The one that really stuck with me is you said purpose. Yes. So I have two questions. One, why is purpose so critical to health? And I would say like thriving. And then number two, what is epigenetics? So let's start with the purpose part and then let's go to the epigenetics. Because I don't want to go. Yeah, I don't want to overspeak some people because they may be like, huh? What is that? No. All right. Let's talk about purpose. Mm-hmm. And let's not make this so grandiose. Pablo Picasso says the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it away. Mm. And I only think he's half right. I don't think it's finding more than a remembering process. I talk about that inner voice earlier on. That's that inner guidance. This is the natural, authentic you. So the things that normally light you up, the things that normally bring you joy, those are the things that you are programmed with. That's who you are. So Mm. purpose is just really being you and serving your gifts. And it's, mm. it's, it's a matter of remembering the things that used to bring you joy and light you up as a child, because I'm pretty sure those things do the same for you now. And it's just sharing you with the world. So your purpose is you. And when you just share you and you help other people with your gifts, that's it. It's not this gr- grandiose thing. You've got to help the world be doing this, this thing that you dread doing. It's not that. It's just sharing you. And why is that important? Well, when we look at every single multicellular organism, you know, on the planet, you know, every single cell in our body does a certain role. A heart cells contracts and pumps blood. A lung cell extracts oxygen. A renal cell helps detoxify, you know, the blood. They all have a role just as that. And they're just doing their thing in support of the entire ecosystem. Well, the human race is basically a big organism and each of us play our individual roles in cells. Now, if a kidney cell decides it doesn't want to serve the rest of the body and and it says, hey, you know what? I want to be a heart cell instead. Well, that metamorphosis process of one cell going to another cell that just like doesn't care about the whole, that's the process of cancer. I was about to say that's cancer right there. Right. So here's the thing. We know that a lot of disease is driven by stress. Mm -hmm. Right. So stress is something that turns on gene sequences that increase inflammation and lowers your immune system. Guess what? When you serve, when you don't think about yourself and you're serving other people, you're just helping other people. You are giving subconscious messages to your body that you've got enough, that you are safe. And that signal you're giving to your body turns on the thrive state biology, which is that of healing. But mm. if you are like, oh man, I'm stressed out at work, I'm stressed out with my job, you know, how, how am I gonna feed me, 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 me? You're basically telling your, your body that there's a saber tooth tiger behind you and that you're stressed out. That brings up inflammation, that lower, lowers your immune system. So when you serve you, when you help others, you're basically telling your body that you are love and you are safe. And when your body gets those signals, it thrives. So that's purpose. I, I love this. How do you remind yourself of this? 
Because we can get stuck in our own thought processes, right? We ruminate, we go down these rabbit holes. Like, what are you actively doing to lead yourself down this path? Right. We have to understand this. All all the old programming, the conditioning, it happens over time and it becomes something that we're we're not actually conscious of. But if you Mm -hmm. find yourself triggered the majority of the day with stress, with anxiety, with worry, with all those negative emotional states... I urge you to think about and look at that potentially being a subconscious pattern that has been conditioned over time. Mm. Because unless you have a saber-toothed tiger right next to you or, or, or somebody that's threatening your life at that moment, there is an access of that internal love vibration we have in any moment. And basically, when we're not feeling that in any, any moment, there is some program that is playing right now that thinks that that situation is stressful. The program mm-hmm. that says, oh, you know, when my bank account does this and starts to shrink, I got to freak out. When somebody cuts me off on the freeway, I got to be triggered. That's a program there. So if we start to notice that those lower negative emotional states, particularly if they're happening over a period of time, ask yourself, can that be a program? And let me just tell most people that if you're triggered and you're the, those emotional states and it's actually safe, there's nobody about to shoot you or anything like that, you are in a program that's making you feel that way. Mm. So step number one is to have that awareness. And this is why in the second edition of my book, I actually talk about what where these programs live in our body. There's actually a place called the default mode network Yeah, that is actually... Uh, what neuroscientists are beginning to understand is this primitive form of our nervous system and our programming that downloads all these informations when we're kids. It remembers the traumatic events in our life and it, it builds up all these walls and they become something that's not our authentic selves. And if we live in that program, we're going to make choices that, that puts us in a disease state. What was my programming? I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. And so I was constantly seeking success to feel good about myself. I was mm. always chasing. Living that program, because that program is there to keep you safe, it's always going to look for what's wrong. It's always That's where the negative thoughts and the negative spirals live. And unless you're aware of it, you're going to be making choices from that place. And let me mm-hmm. tell you that over time, if you don't recognize that early enough, you will get a cosmic two by four. And it will be your, mm-hmm. your, your health, your relationships, your business, or something will happen to wake you up. So you can wake up earlier. But, you know, I, I understand for most people that that's hard to do. No, and, uh, and intentionally, most of it's unintentional, but we all get programmed with things. You know, nobody's perfect. Our parents aren't perfect. We're parents. We're not perfect. The world's not perfect. The things that happened to you as a kid were not right. You know, I was a kid that in a different way was bullied a lot for being overweight and had a lot of, you know, get beat up and all that kind of stuff. And you carry those scars with you. And then you have to start looking at yourself and you're like, you can feel that pressure and it's not there anymore. And I think what you're, what you're calling out here is there's like, when I love too, is like this model of, of purpose is others centric. It's like, I have these gifts and talents. I'm going to use them to serve the world. And that just kind of like unburdens you. But then there's this, this thought process of being present and actually sitting with yourself and going, you know what, these things, they're not real. They're just not real. And that impacts the expression of your genes. So let's talk about epigenetics for a second. Let's talk about epigenetics. So, 
you know, some people used to think that, you know, mom and dad had diabetes or overweight and all those things. And you get passed down those things in your genes. It's actually not true. You do get, you know, certain traits that is passed down in your genes, maybe your eye color, the color of your skin, things like that, how tall you're going to be. Unfortunately, I got those genes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it looks like you got the swole genes, man, because you got to, your <laughs> biceps are popping out. Well, that's epigenetics, my friend. That is epigenetics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, so, so what actually determines biology? So here's the thing. You know, genes are our DNA, turns into RNA, turns into proteins, and it's the different forms of protein in our body that determine our biology, right? Mm -hmm. Different proteins make different cells and different functions. And, and basically, if you've got, you know, if you're thriving, you know, biologically or in optimal performance, you basically got these optimal, you know, set of proteins that are happening in your body. If, if you're not, then you basically have the proteins of stress and disease, Mm -hmm. So what determines that process is not actually your genes. You see, your genes are basically constantly listening to the cues of the, the environment. It's always a dynamic millisecond to millisecond interplay between your genes and its environment. And depending mm -hmm. on its environment, it will then tell the genes, okay, something's happening out here. Oh, you got to make this protein to respond to that, right? And so it's this external environment, this energetic environment, the cellular microenvironment around the cell will actually dictate the behavior of that gene and will start to make mm. tags on the DNA so that you, you're either making protein X or protein Y or turning on a gene or turning off a gene. So it's always determined basically on its external environment. Mm. That's what epigenetics is. Epi means above genetics gene. So it's the processes above the gene the cellular environment actually controls what's happening inside the cell. Here's the beautiful thing. How we live our life, the choices that we make moment to moment, and how we think, how we feel, how we act, how we move, all of these control the energy around your cells. So in any moment, your being is basically dictating how your genes being expressed. That's the beautiful thing. That puts you back in the driver's seat of your health and your performance because how you are being and the choice that you make creates the cellular environment which basically then gives your DNA the instructions on whether to thrive or to be in a stress and survival state. Dr. V, this is gold. I absolutely love this. I, what I love too, is like, we live in a charlatan world right now. To me, there's a lot of people claiming or espousing they have expertise and you've actually have the medical training, but you're also like bringing this into an application based in way where anybody can, can add these things to their life. I highly recommend you check out the book thrive state phenomenal text. And you make this stuff <coughs> so digestible so easy to implement. If people are interested in learning more besides getting your book, where else can they find you? Yeah, they can find me on my website, kienvu.com, or I post a lot of content on Instagram at Dr. VMD, spell out Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R-V-M-D. Sweet. We'll put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you love the show, if you've been listening for a while, please do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on whichever listening platform you're joining us from. This is one of the best ways that you can help support the show. Also, while you were listening, somebody came to mind that you think would connect with this message. Please share it with them. You never know. It may change their life. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you in the next episode.